Welcome to The Cantankerous Catholic with Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy. Listen to Joe tackle the really tough moral issues, current events, and politics from a Catholic perspective. Now here's Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy. Hello, Six Packers, and welcome back to The Cantankerous Catholic, Episode 29. This is the final tribute to America for July, but I also want to talk about a few other things that affect all of us, and I'm going to talk about them from a genuine Catholic perspective. All of these other topics have an effect on whether the Catholic Church can actually survive in America. I'll tell you what I mean when we come back. I've been sharing the faith with people for over 30 years. The Holy Spirit has used me to make hundreds of converts and 84 of them are my adult godchildren. When the Holy Spirit works through us in a big way, He usually uses the talents given to us before we were even born. When we develop those talents for Him, we're often impelled to pass on to others what we've done and how we've done it for the greater glory of God. That's why I wrote the Lay Evangelist Handbook. You might say the Lay Evangelist Handbook was 30 years in the making, because in this book I share with you all the best that I've learned about how to share the faith with laps and non-Catholics so you can bring your friends and family to the fullness of divinely revealed truth. The very first chapter gives you a thorough explanation of the things you need to do to maximize your effectiveness so you won't end up with egg on your face when trying to engage people. I explain the differences between the various types of lay evangelists and others you can learn from. I even talk about some statistics that should help give you a real sense of urgency for sharing the faith. Then I get to the step-by-step process for sharing the faith. I give a full presentation of the exact text I've used and refined for 30 years. I tell you what to do, what to say, and how to do and say it, while leaving room for you to work in your own personality and make these techniques your own. There's no other book like this on the market. So get your print or ebook copy of the Lay Evangelist Handbook today. It's available in print on cantankerouscatholic.com or in print and ebook on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. This final tribute to America is something personal to me. People have been telling me that I'm fanatical in my view of American exceptionalism. To these people, I respond that they embarrass themselves with their ignorance of the Constitution of the United States and American history. The great British statesman Edmund Burke, who supported America in its fight against the tyranny of King George III, said those who don't know history are doomed to repeat it. Burke was wise in saying this. We must know our history in order to avoid making the same mistakes we've made in the past. I'm not talking about the revisionist history that's so prevalent in academia or used as talking points by the 2020 Democratic presidential candidates. I mean our true history. Why is knowing our history important? There's an old 1971 song that's called We Won't Get Fooled Again. Although that's a song about anarchy, the title explains exactly why knowing our history is so important. Sure, America's made mistakes, but our history speaks of a nation and a people that are good and virtuous. 
No country in human history has ever acquired so much global power and abused it less than the United States of America. I'm a student of American and Catholic history. Reading American history makes my chest swell with pride at being American, just like reading of how Catholics survived the ten great Roman persecution of the first three centuries makes me proud I'm a Catholic. I'm old enough now that some of our history is topical for primary and secondary schools. I've been appalled at what I've read in modern high school history textbooks. For example, reading about the presidency of Ronald Reagan, you'd think the world would have been better off if John Hinckley's assassination attempt against Reagan in 1981 had been successful. The horribly evil lies told about Reagan in modern history books is a revisionist history. I know, because I was there. I lived through it. Ronald Reagan was the greatest president who did more for this nation since Abraham Lincoln preserved our union and abolished slavery. Modern textbooks would have us believe Reagan was a tottering old fool who was racist, a misogynist, wanted to push Granny over the cliff, and destroyed our economy with Reaganomics. The reality is that he saved us from the worst economy since the Great Depression, slash federal entitlement programs that aren't authorized by the Constitution anyway, appointed the first woman to the Supreme Court, and ended the Cold War with the dissolution of the Soviet Union. In fact, he did so well that he won every single state in his re-election bid in 1984 except Minnesota. Since Reagan, every president we've had was either a man who didn't believe in American exceptionalism or just saw America as a sore on the face of the world. Bush 41 was a globalist who gave us the New World Order, Clinton destroyed the military and Reagan economy, although it took him both of his terms to be able to do it, Bush 43 was a globalist who walked all over American citizens' rights, led us into wars that served no purpose beyond sacrificing the lives of brave Americans, and finished destroying the Reagan economy Clinton began destroying. Finally, Obama gave us a deficit three times larger than all his predecessors combined, divided this nation on the basis of race, gender, and lifestyle, made American taxpayers fund abortion around the world, created an even worse economy than the one Reagan saved us from, illegally spied on American citizens, used the IRS to silence his political opponents, and disseminated our military while demanding that they perform more engagements globally. Then came President Trump. In my opinion, based on his accomplishments, he's one of the five greatest presidents in American history, joining Washington, Jefferson, Lincoln, and Reagan. The history books from leftist academia won't treat him that way, though. And that's why you need to learn our history and make it a part of you as a Catholic American. If you haven't read and studied the Constitution and its Bill of Rights, you certainly need to do so. I hear people all the time say that the Constitution authorizes this or doesn't allow for that. Just listening to them makes it quickly apparent they're only parroting someone's talking points and that they've never actually read the Constitution. Generally speaking, Americans are like Catholics when talking about Vatican II. Catholics say Vatican II authorized this or changed that, but it's clear from listening to them that they've never ever read the documents of Vatican II. But if you're going to be a good Catholic, you have the obligation to read the documents of Vatican II so you can't be fooled or misled. 
Likewise, an American will read and know the Constitution so as not to be fooled or misled. If you read and study our Constitution, then look at our government the way it is in 2019, you'll find yourself scratching your head wondering where the United States of America has gone. The federal government established by the Constitution is a far cry from the federal government we have today. Thomas Jefferson once said, When government fears the people, there is liberty. When people fear the government, there is tyranny. Our Constitution was written the way it is to keep the government fearful of the people, but Americans began to be apathetic during the Wilson administration at the beginning of the 20th century, and the federal government began to stop following the Constitution. We can return to what our founders intended, though, but your action is required. I'm afraid that if real Americans, Americans like you, don't get involved soon, we'll have to face a new civil war. And the way we save our republic and its constitution is through an Article 5 Convention of States. Go to my show notes for a link that connects you with everything you need to know about the Article 5 Convention of States. To see how far adrift of the Constitution we've gone, this is a good place to leap into the next topic. The Washington Compost is the only lamestream media to report a move by Congress to do the most dangerous and insane thing they've ever done. It seems that the Democratic-controlled House has introduced an amendment to the annual defense authorization bill. This amendment, which is absolutely contrary to the Constitution, passed the House with a vote of 220 to 197, which means a number of Republicans voted in favor of this atrocity. Worse yet, many of those Republicans claim to be constitutional conservatives, yet they betrayed us. The amendment has to do with Iran. It acknowledges that Iran is the number one sponsor of terrorist activity and that it's guilty of gross violations of human rights against its own citizens and that Iran can't be allowed to have nuclear capabilities or ICBM missiles. Then it acknowledges that Article I of the Constitution requires the president to get authorization from Congress before engaging in war. It also says that no funds may be used for military force against Iran unless Congress first approves. Here's the problem. War can't be waged without the consent of Congress, which is what the Constitution says. But this amendment says no federal funds can be used for military force without congressional approval. The problem with this is military force isn't necessarily an act of war. What happens if we discover that Iran has a nuclear warhead on an ICBM missile that they're going to launch against Israel, Saudi Arabia, or one of our other allies, or even America itself? So the president goes to Congress to inform him of that threat, Congress takes it up in committee for debate, and six weeks later he gets authorization. In the meantime, an Iranian ICBM takes out New York City or Washington, D.C., this amendment strips the Article II power of the Commander-in-Chief visibility to defend America or its allies. That's insanity. Congress claims it wants a return of its power to wage war that was curtailed by the War Powers Act, which is unconstitutional anyway. They already have the power to stop the president from any unwanted or unwarranted aggression because they have the power of the purse. All they have to do is cut off the funding the way they did at the conclusion of Vietnam. That's fine. It's part of our checks and balances system. 
But the insanity of this amendment would keep the president from defending us and our allies should Iran decide to attack. And you can be sure that they're going to attack. This amendment sends a message to our enemy that we're unable to defend ourselves. When an enemy decides to attack us, they won't announce it in advance. King George didn't announce his attacks on us. The Japanese didn't announce Pearl Harbor. Terrorists didn't announce their attack on the World Trade Center and the Pentagon. Iran won't announce any attack either, and the amendment will prohibit the president from any sort of defense or preemptive strike. What so-called conservatives voted for this irresponsible legislation? Well, over two dozen of them voted for this insanity. Among them are Matt Gates of Florida, Jim Jordan of Ohio, and Mark Meadows of North Carolina, who's also the chairman of the Conservative Freedom Caucus. All three of these men are considered the most conservative members of Congress, but this vote proves to me that they don't give a damn about this country. They only care about power, and federal power is what the Article 5 Convention of States is all about ending and returning power to we the people. There are individual members of Congress who are equally as dangerous to America as the legislative body itself. I'm speaking specifically of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, whom I call the bartender, Rashid Tlaib, but mostly right now I'm concerned with Ilan Omar from Minnesota. Omar was born in Somalia, but America gave her and her family asylum when she was 10 years old because they were escaping a genocidal and worsening civil war in their own country. She came to America as a little girl with all the advantages of every other American girl. Her father got a job in the post office, so she grew up living the American dream. Omar was able to get degrees from North Dakota State University and the University of Minnesota's Humphrey School of Public Affairs, something she never could have done in Somalia. She served in the Minnesota legislature and was elected to Congress in 2018. You'd think, as good as America has been to her, that she'd love this country, but you'd be wrong. She doesn't. In fact, she hates this country. America and Americans are racist. She believes that Soviet-style socialism, if not outright communism, is a better form of government than the one we have, despite that her father taught her how great democracy is. Omar also believes our staunchest ally, Israel, has no right to exist at all. She sees Israelis as animals who are beneath her. She's a Holocaust denier and a deeply imbued racist while accusing everyone else of racism. The bartender and Tlaib are dumb as a bag of hammers, so no one really takes them seriously. The bartender is so stupid, in fact, that her comments are great fodder for comedians and commentators. Omar, on the other hand, is intelligent and articulate, which is why she's so dangerous. You can call me a bigot if you want, but I'm fully aware of the history that exists between Muslims and Christians, how they've tried to slaughter us since the 7th century, so I don't trust them anyway. This woman Omar and her buddy Tlaib have no business whatsoever in Congress. Now I'd really like to settle down and get my blood pressure under control for talking a moment about something good and positive. Republicans have praised Trump for creating such an explosively productive economy that we actually have more jobs than we have people to fill them. It's the first time in history that it's been that way. As good as this sounds, though, it's really a sign of a very unhealthy society. 
We exist in two genders for a reason, and that reason is so we can perpetuate our species. That's why contraception is immoral and will condemn you to hell. We've contracepted in this country for 80 years, with the greatest surge of it coming in the 1960s. Between contraception and abortion, we've lost millions of babies, U.S. citizens, that should have been here to fill those job vacancies. I know you ladies don't like it, and you men are likely to disagree because you've been infected by radical feminism, whether you like to admit it or not, but it's not a woman's place to earn support for the family. It's a woman's place to care for her family's home and her children and her husband. It's the husband's job to provide the support for the family. The greatest lay vocation for anyone is motherhood. True power for a woman isn't in the corporate world. True power for a woman is shaping future generations to build our nation, the church, and our society. I look at these thugs in the Antifa and Black Lives Matter movements, and I can bet you any amount of money you want that those thugs were pretty much raised by themselves. They had no stay-at-home moms. Ladies, go back to your God-intended purpose and start making babies. That means being a stay-at-home mom as well. You may not believe you can afford to do that, but I promise you that you can. By the way, I'll help any family who's serious about God's plan for the family to get your finances in order. Just contact me. Anyway, we've had so many generations raised contrary to God's plan that you may be at a loss about why we need to do it. Well, the other day I ran across a great article called Eight Reasons to Be a Stay-at-Home Mom. I'll put the link in my show notes for you, but I want to briefly touch on some of the eight reasons you should be a stay-at-home mom now. One reason the author lists is the biggest reason and a perfect fulfillment of the purpose of matrimony. Our world needs saints, and there's no greater way to get saints than through a full-time mom. Every saint had a beginning on his or her journey to sanctity. The ideal family in this regard, after the Holy Family, of course, was Teresa Martin and her parents, Louis and Zelie. Zelie died when Teresa was only four years old, but she'd given little Teresa a strong foundation in the faith. Her father, Louis, was a masculine and committed Catholic man and father. Although his wife was deceased, Louis gave his daughter the benefit of everything a good Catholic mother and father could provide. At the age of 15, Teresa became a Carmelite nun. Her name in religion was Sister Teresa of the Child Jesus and the Holy Face. You best know her as St. Teresa the Little Flower, and her mother and father are St. Louis Martin and St. Zelie Martin. Another reason the author lists would be a stay-at-home mom is the bonding and attachment between a mother and child. She rightly points out that your job or career won't last until you die, but your kids will. Working moms not only miss a tremendous amount of quality time with their kids, but they forfeit witnessing a lot of their babies first. Instead, other people get to experience those things. The author says another reason moms should stay at home is because our children are our highest priority. She asserts that the message a working mother sends her boss is that her job is her highest priority, and there's nothing natural about that. Anyone can look after a woman's job responsibilities because everyone's expendable, but no one can replace mom in the life of a child. I say the message being sent to the children by a working mom is that work and money are more important than the child. 
My mom worked outside the home all my life, with the exception of a couple of years after my sister was born. Those were the happiest years of my childhood. When I asked my mom why she had to go back to work, and I asked her many times, she responded by asking me if I liked being able to do this or have that. Of course, as a child, I said I did. Consequently, I grew up believing things were more important than people. I also grew up believing my parents viewed a lot of other things as more important than my sister and me. There are five other reasons the author gives for being a stay-at-home mom, and all of them are right on the money. This woman has a good understanding of natural law and God's plan for families. I urge you women to read this article, which you'll find in my show notes. I urge you men to read it, share it with your wives, and share it with any mom you know who works outside the home. The family is under grave attack today. Radical feminism is one of the great culprits of this attack. The very existence of the family is threatened. Between radical feminism, the government, artificial contraception, marriage becoming thought unnecessary, and the LGBT movement, the collapse of the family is imminent. This shouldn't surprise us because Our Lady of Fatima told us that the last great battle between heaven and hell will be for the family. Everything we've talked about in this episode after the tribute to America couldn't possibly have happened and the bad players involved to even exist if not for the systematic destruction of the family taking place right now. Use a little logic and reason and give that statement some critical thought. You'll see what I mean. Learn things about the Catholic faith you never knew in Joe Sixpack's Secrets of the Catholic Faith. There are many essentials to our holy and ancient faith that few modern Catholics know. Those essentials have become, well, secrets, hence the title Secrets of the Catholic Faith. Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy, is always exciting, never boring, and completely politically incorrect. He never shies away from the so-called untouchable moral issues. With his use of humor and directness, readers and students can never get enough of what he teaches. According to Joe, there isn't one single teaching of the Catholic Church that can't be completely demonstrated to an inquiring mind. Everything can be demonstrated. But the Catholic laity aren't being taught these things. They're being fed pablum when they need and want meat. Secrets of the Catholic Faith is actually exciting, and it will make any Catholic's chest swell with pride. So get your copy of Secrets of the Catholic Faith by Joe Sixpack, the Every Catholic Guy, today in print or ebook on Amazon, Apple Books, Barnes and Noble, and Kobo. Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy, wants to make sure you're informed about all the Catholic news you need to know. Here's Joe Sixpack's top five Catholic news picks for this episode. Catholic news pick number five. Hats off to LifeSite News. After Amazon knuckled under pressure from LGBT activists to ban books offering help to those dealing with unwanted same-sex attraction, former gays launched a petition demanding the online retailer reverse its decision. You can read the whole story by clicking on the link in my show notes. Catholic News Pick Number 4 Hats off to LifeSite News. 
Bishop Daniel Jinky of Peoria announced with overwhelming joy that Pope Francis approved a miracle attributed to the intercession of Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen, moving the famed television catechist a step closer to beatification. You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholic, Catholic News Pick number three. Hats off to LifeSite News. Pro-life lawmakers in Ohio have introduced legislation requiring that fetal development information be taught in public schools with the expectation that more scientific information about prenatal humanity will increase understanding and respect for human life. You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholic Catholic News Pick number two. Hats off to LifeSite News. A federal judge blocked from taking effect Ohio's new law banning most abortions on babies with detectable heartbeats. So much for the compassionate left. You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholic Catholic News Pick number one. Hats off to the blaze. Death threats were sent to a pair of Canadian theater owners set to show the pro-life movie Unplanned. And while police are investigating, one of the owners has already bowed out. Cowardice. That's why I say comfort and conviction don't live on the same block. You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. I believe a really great way to teach the faith is through stories, parables, and anecdotes. So here's today's story. A woman once went to confession to a saintly priest and confessed harming the good name of other people often. As a penance, the wise priest told her to go home and get an old feather pillow, then take it to the top of a hill, cut it open, and let the wind carry the feathers away. After that, she was to return to find out the remainder of her penance. The woman thought the penance strange, but she did exactly as she was told. When she'd finished, she returned to the priest to learn the second part of her penance. The priest said, now you have to go back and pick up all the feathers and put them back in the pillowcase. But father, the woman exclaimed, you know that's impossible. The wind blew them away. I could never hope to find even a few of them. That's true, the priest said. Neither can you take back the damaging words you said about others, because by now they've been passed on from mouth to mouth until you can't possibly find out who to correct regarding what you said. Be careful in the future to watch every word you say, lest you hurt anybody's good name. I know firsthand what this is like. A small group of people told believable lies about me for personal gain. My name and reputation were so badly damaged that I had to go into hiding for several years. I even lost friends because of those lies. By the time I got anything that even remotely resembled an apology, the damage was irreversibly done. I don't care if you're wealthy beyond most people's imagination and have the finest possessions in the world, or if you're poor and the only thing you have are the clothes on your back. The very most important possession you have is your good name. It's no small thing to hurt a person's good name. It's almost impossible to make up for the damage you'll cause by the things you say. Be careful to only say good things about people. Hey, six-packers, that's all for this episode. I've enjoyed having you with me. Don't forget to like me on Facebook and follow me on Twitter. The links are in my show notes. 
Also, remember to visit joesixpackanswers.com to sign up for my free email course. Each short lesson arrives in your inbox every three days. We also have the Cantankerous Catholic Social Media Group you can join to discuss anything about Catholicism, our country, or anything else on your mind. I visit the page every day. The link's also in my show notes. There are lots of other neat things of interest in my show notes, too. You can find them at cantankerouscatholic.com. And remember to live by the Joe Sixpack battle cry. Comfort and conviction don't live on the same block. This has been the Cantankerous Catholic with Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy. Thanks for subscribing, and be sure to visit cantankerouscatholic.com to get your free copy of Joe's popular book, The Best of What We Believe, Why We Believe It.